Welcome back to the Sounds of Black Britain podcast. This is Volume 2. So who was the person that worked out how to set up a pirate radio station? Do you guys know? Because yeah. they've been in a few bathrooms. Yeah. Bathrooms, kitchens. <laughs> Sometimes the decks would be on the up. sink where the plates are meant to be drying. There's decks. There was a point where people used to say, gigs is grime. Like, gigs, yeah, the grime. Like, grime is taking off. Grime. And for me, he's he's like, he's everything, but he's hip-hop. Yes, Trevor Nelson no, I know had Trevor, dreads, yeah. yes. No, but I was there when police came once. Why did the police come? Basically, Rince was in Wiley's house for a little while. It made icons of DJs and gave some of the biggest names in the game a place to cut their teeth. It told people the info we needed to know and where to go, and it created communities that went far beyond those we know in real life. Pirate Radio was all about the music and so much more. Afrobeat, hip-hop, lovers rock, jungle, UK garage, grime, Afro-swing. With its fusion of Caribbean, African and American sounds all served with a UK twist, Britain can claim to be black music's most innovative hub. This is Sounds of Black Britain. On this episode, we'll be looking at how Black Pirate Radio provided a platform for the sound of the underground in the UK and how it created a vibe that still exists to this day. Joining me for this one are DJ Target and DWE. Do you remember the first song you ever played on Pirate Radio, Target? Not the actual first song of the first ever set. Mm. I remember some of the songs that would have been in there. What were the early, early, early tunes you was playing? Like um, Leviticus Burial, that big, and mm-hmm, okay. like classic. That was the tune that got me wanting to mix. That was the first record I ever had, like in terms of as a DJ. Yeah, yeah. that's the first ever one. That would have been in there. Probably like Shy Effects. Helicopter. Yeah, or Wolf. What year will we be talking? How far are we going back? This is like 96, 5. He's a legend. Maybe. Still bagging them out. He's a legend. 27. And them songs, you could play them now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a carnival and play that. It's going off. It's going mad. Mm-hmm. Okay, same question to you, DWE. Do you remember the first lyric you ever spat on radio? I don't know the first lyric I ever said. But I know what lyric was involved. <laughs> Go on. Men are ramp, men are skin. Men are laugh, men are grin. I remember that, bro. I think that Jungle was on too. there or even... What station was it? Do you remember? It was on a station called... I forgot what it was called now. But Rico was on there. Not Pressure FM. <clears throat> Could have been Pressure FM, actually. Yeah, no, Pressure I know FM. Rico was on there. Yeah, early. Pressure FM. What area was Pressure FM in? That was in Leightonstone, Bachas. Okay. Because I stumbled across it. What do you mean? I was just on the block. Then we could hear music. We could hear... Oh, tight, everyone into it. <laughs> we could hear music, yeah? <laughs> so then man went up to, like, the third floor. And then there was one door. Wait, the third floor of what? So you just in, could in, hear music? In the block, yeah. And you just walked in? The door was just kind of open. Pushed it. Me and my guys walked up. Then there was a DJ DJing, yeah? Mm. And he didn't even care about us. It's like, he, it's not his yard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he got sent to mix. He's just seeing us coming. He's just like, all right. Mm. So then we just even sat down in the room. Then it was like, wow, what's going on here? 
Then the next few days, I turned up again. And then that's when Rico was there. I come with a guy, he brought his rhythms with him yeah. because he thought he could mix as well. <laughs> but he didn't know that. All the DJs, bro, they don't know who you are. You can't, you can't just, just, yeah. you can't just jump yeah, on. Yeah, so he had to just sit there with tunes now, but then I just kind of, what, 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 what? And I went on the mic and I murked and that was like one of my first ever sets, man. Basically, nowadays we call that a pop-up radio station. Yeah, yeah. All of Pirate Radio was pop-up. Yeah. Pop 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 <laughs> Even if he was there for a month, yeah, months, yeah. that studio, you're not Wasn't going to be there for so, long so, after. A station was at one place for longer than like six months. Like, mm. yeah. you've done something magical. For it to even yeah, last that long. You, mm -hmm. They was on, on the move or they'd get caught yeah. or raided or they'd take the aerials down from the block Mm -hmm. the other block where they was put up or whatever so yeah. you constantly was like I remember Rince was in every tower block in Bow has had Rince in it The heyday of Black Pirate Radio was probably the 90s and noughties when Jungle Garage and Grime burst up from the underground to take their places at the musical top table but pirate stations played a major part in helping rap, soul funk, dancehall reggae all the good stuff find their audience in the UK too in fact Pirate radio stations have existed in Europe since the 1950s when stations broadcast illegally without national licenses from ships anchored in international waters, hence them being known as pirate stations. As the Windrush generation and their descendants settled into life in the UK, the music they loved was conspicuous by its absence from British radio stations. And as time advanced, they realised that if they wanted to hear R&B, reggae, soul, soca, high life or hip hop, they were going to need to make it happen themselves. Technology came on over the years, making broadcasting easier. And rather than boats, a new generation of DJs began playing the music they loved from tower blocks and across the FM frequencies. So before you were walking into random flats on the third floor and mm -hmm. spitting on pirate radio, mm -hmm. where were you emceeing? I was emceeing in my boy's yard mm. in the same block. Yeah. Just on the other side. But not on radio? No, just okay. practicing in his bedroom. This is this was our life. Yeah. You know them ones uh, that's what we was doing, just practicing and then all of a sudden man are here and reading from <laughs> This was like, like it, not a dream, but it was mad. It was a mm. mad situation. I was going to say practicing for what, but there was no... Just, just, just having just fun. We were just having like fun. Vibes. He just got decks for a, a Christmas or his birthday and then just had like three, four tunes in the beginning and then got more. Mm. He was even on a bashment thing at first and then started getting jungle. And I was practicing how to mix at the same time. Yeah, but then um, things got serious and we started um, doing tapes and giving it out to people in the, in the whole of like Leighton, Bow. So when I used to do sets here, I had a piece of paper now and then I used to write down everyone here that I could just think of, like school, anyone. I said, oh, big up Bradley. Like, just just the, 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 yeah, big up my sister, like big up, and then it's all on a tape. Give that to them. Oh. Yeah. Give it to them. That everyone's got a big up. It's like it's, it's almost like it's a it's like a radio show. Yeah, yeah. But like pre-made. Yeah, so I was just imitating what I was hearing. So on the radio station, they're doing the shots, yes. but I'm not on radio. I'm uh, no one's. But I'm just 
doing the shots and when it's being played, it's sounding like it. Yeah. That's genius marketing. Yeah, 100%. To just write down all the people that you're going to give the tape to. Yeah. Because then they're going to want to show other people. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a thing. Like, you, mm-hmm. that was one of the things you used to be gassed about. Like, you listen to, like, Cool FM and you'd phone up their phone line. Oh, I remember this one. That's your funny story. Like, so if you listen to Cool FM, yeah. like everyone did, they was mm-hmm. like the big boys. Mm-hmm. This is before we was on Pirate Radio. Yeah. So you listen to them and you'd phone up and try and get a shout out. But when you phone their studio, they'd answer the phone, like it'd be a mobile number or whatever. Yeah. When they'd answer the phone, it's so loud in their studio. They're like, hello. You can just hear, like it's scanning up in the back. So you'd say your shout out, they'd be like, what? Say your shout out again. Like you're telling them about 10 times and then they're like, yeah, yeah, got it, got it, got it. Put the phone down. So once I did this, like, was getting ready to record it because obviously you want to make sure you, you show, catch yeah, shout you want to show yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. MC Debt and whoever's shouted you out. Yeah. So I I phoned up. I think I was bigging up a couple whoever my friends was with. So I said like, big up Breeze, big up Sky Juice. Yeah, I remember him definitely was there. And I was like, big up Target. And they've said he's gone through all the names. He's like, yeah, big up Breeze, big up Sky Juice, hold tight, Chachi. <laughs> like, I was like, he didn't hear, he heard Chachi. Uh... <laughs> What, and you recorded it? Yeah, I recorded it. Like, we and my friends used to laugh about that for years. Like, literally, if I phone Breeze now and say, who's Chachi, he will bust up. Because he would, like, you were, they will remember that. I was I'm surprised that didn't end up being your name. That's the kind of thing that if I that happened well to me. I might as well just run with it. Yeah, yeah, you should just be like, like that's nah, who bro. I am now. That's my amazing. big shout out on Brocky and Debt, and it was Chachi. And it was Chachi. Wait, so why were people listening to Pirate Radio? Were they not playing music that we liked on... Regular radio. And what was regular regular radio at the time? Like regular radio then was like, you obviously had Radio 1, but that was straight up pop. Okay. Mainstream. You had Choice FM, mm-hmm. things like that. They mm-hmm. would play like your R&B, bit of rap, but US rap. Okay. Yeah. But then at this these times, Jungle and after that garage was like the sound of the youth. So everyone was listening to Jungle, maybe mm. Bashment as well, but there was no stations, legal stations that were playing any of that. What, so, none mm. at all. I can't. I can't think of one that was <sighs> really. You know, you might really. on Radio One. You might have had. There was like I think Fabio and Groove Rider might have had a show, but their thing was late at night. Mm. It wasn't really MCs. Yeah. Then even even what they played was a bit different in comparison to like the DJ Brocky or. DJ Ron and SL and all these guys that was in all these jungle raves. So stations like Cool FM or just pirate radio in general yeah. were just illegal radio stations set up that broadcast probably like just a few miles radius to the community. Like yeah. if it's in North London, they probably reach out to just North London, mm. East, West, whatever. And that was where you had to access mm-hmm. all these vibes. That was the only place. I'm trying to... Um sort of like line up those, that era with now and how we listen to music now. Whereas doesn't matter what song you like, you can listen to it. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine a world where you can't, where there isn't a platform that is playing the stuff that you like. Yeah. Which is a very, it's like a privileged thing to say now, I think about it. But I can't imagine a world where you turn on TV, radio, every, everywhere you go, nothing that you like has a home. Yeah. That makes sense? That was the, that was the one home for it so I think that's why pirate radio has so been so important mm-hmm. in jungle to garage to grime mm-hmm. obviously by the time it was coming up to grime like we was kind of front runners whatever but that still then it was like that's where you had to go to to access it yeah there was no internet 
there definitely wasn't streaming services, TV yeah. even, until Channel U came much but, later. But in general, the streets was pirate. Right. So you, you would have to put yourself somewhere else to be in Popland. Mm, okay, I get you. Understand? So for me, like, I grew up in what I'm a part of. Yeah. Like, I, it's not like, I get you. it was hard to, oh, how, how? Yeah. Mm. I don't, like, no, how? that was my everyday. Yeah. It was very normal. Like, there were so many pirate radio stations and, like, everybody was listening to pirate radio. Yeah. Everyone would be driving past, playing a set. People would be taping the sets mm -hmm. to relive them, to share them out. So, like, you didn't feel like, raw. I can't find this music. Mm -hmm. It felt it easily flooded. accessible, but when you look back now... It's like, no, actually, it was like people were going out of their way, bending over backwards, doing all to this stuff sure, to yeah. make sure that it could be heard. But it felt just normal. Like, that. we were yeah. surrounded by it, it all. Flooded. So it who flooded. was the person that worked out how to set up a pirate radio station? Do you guys know? But it goes back to, like, I looked it up, and like, when I was writing my book, I was like, let me get some proper, like, <laughs> yeah. real knowledge. It's an army thing, isn't it? Yeah, like, originally, army pirate team. radio started because there was a station set up that was offshore. Because mm. if apparently if you was off the shores of the UK, like you weren't within then it the wasn't, rules. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. they started to call those stations like pirate radio because it was actually on a boat off right. the shore. Like if you were like, I don't know, three miles, I can't remember the exact distance, but that's where the name kind of came from. Mm. A station called Radio Caroline. I even remember the name. Yeah, yeah. But this is back, this is back, back. Like I think that's something like the 1950s or yeah. something. And then people adopted that brought it inland and just kept the name going obviously now you're actually operating within the uk illegal, yeah yeah, yeah. it's but now people, it's really yeah. really illegal but yeah, yeah people just like it was a great way of having access to the community broadcasting playing music that wasn't getting played on all the like existing stations. commercial stations or, yeah. and tv so it was a massive demand for it but specifically like if I ask you now, Double, not to put you on the spot, mm -hmm. to set up a pirate radio station, mm -hmm. would you know how to do that? Would you know what equipment you needed? What you know what I'm saying? How to actually no, get that to broadcast could, on the I FM could, dial? I could build everything apart from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bodies performance, the body sets and the building, everything's quiz, but <laughs> I mean, I know how yeah, to <laughs> I couldn't I have don't you. Know. Don't you think I've always thought scientist. in my head, it's remarkable. There's a lot of things that we do in music that I think are amazing. Goes without saying. But that's a level of skill that I don't think a lot of people even really think about yeah, that. No, Someone nuts. actually really and not just one person. There no, were how many pirate radio stations. Few, yeah. People really like, had to feel, study feel, how to feel, do that. I think there were it, it came down to a small list of people. People yeah. that could yeah. do yeah. it. And there was a, it's like lots of stations yeah. went to this same one used, man used to, was making the Yeah. Bitch used to hear them talking about the rig man. Oh, and he was like this, I don't know, some like electrical don who knew how to make oh. the transmitter. So multiple stations would all go to this same guy mm. and get their different rigs and their different bits of equipment. And then okay. have it. Then they don't obviously have to have the know-how of how to hook it all up. Mm. You've got to put a, a transmitter aerial up on the roof. You've got to have that somehow communicating with yeah. your equipment in the studio. There was a thing called a link box. But I didn't actually get into the technical. I just heard these phrases. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I saw them setting it up, but I just wanted... All I wanted to know was the station's on. <laughs> this is your set time. That's what I cared about. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it was like, if you speak to like Genius or Slimzy and some of those guys. There was actually was, a rig man. 
Yeah, yeah, there's a ring. I feel man. like we need to pay him homage yeah, to the yeah. ring man Reverend at some stage because he was really, yeah, he was really working. Man, I think he's doing some deep stuff right now. You know? <laughs> yeah, imagine what he must be doing. Yeah. Imagine if he progressed. I bet he invented Bitcoin. If he kept progressing <laughs> the way he was moving, he must be. He, he is working at MI5. He, he probably made works Bitcoin. for Tesla yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy. He's doing some. Well, yeah. Rigman, if you're listening, we appreciate you, man. You've changed our culture. Imagine there was no Rigman. We wouldn't yeah. even be sitting here. That's why it's so crazy to me because. We just turned the radio on. Yeah. I didn't ever think anything. For, the biggest thing for me was working out how to do the phono, you know, the red and white cables. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get the CDJs on the right yeah, side yeah, of the mixer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have my left and right and right and the left, and it was really stressful. So, yeah, shout out to Rigman. We appreciate you. I joined Rinse in 2010. When I joined Rinse FM, it was still a pirate radio station. But they had left subs. We weren't doing subs anymore, yeah. which I'm really grateful they about. They leveled up a little bit by Yeah, then. we was like... Because I used to always hear my brothers talk about subs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can you give the people a breakdown of how pirate radio stations basically earned money? So all the, every DJ and MC mm-hmm. would have to pay subs and subs would be like your weekly fee to be on the radio. So some, what was it? Score five or... Like, depending on where you was. Like, I remember times when it was like... Diver or shit yeah, I remember or five or a week, and then I remember that going up to a tenner, and people being like, "Raw, it was like a big deal." Yeah. Obviously, no one had dough. Inflation. Like, this is mad. Yeah, this is. You wanted to be on the radio though, so yeah. you made sure you had it. Wait, so is it five pounds per person? Yeah. Or is it mm-hmm. five? Okay, so Not, if you got yeah. a crew of ten people, all of you. you're all paying five yeah, pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Everyone's got to pay the five pounds or whatever. But so that's well-deserved money, isn't it? Think about the electric, mm. yeah. the rig. Yeah. The rigs are not cheap either. Yeah. I remember they the get hit. Multiple times of having to replace Getting this equipment. replacing this and that, like it's to give them the money because they make it look yeah. new, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't even profit things, it was more just a running cost yeah, of yeah. the business. Plus, yeah. they used to do ad, what they called the ad break. So in between each set, yeah. you'd have like. Yellow, put, yellow, yeah, yellow! Yeah, you, you'd put in like a, a tape or a CD, or whatever, and it'd just have like, I don't know, 10, 15 adverts, of, more or less all raves. So yeah. it'd be like, or Rose Lee to Thingy this yeah. Saturday. <laughs> then the next one will come on, and it's like, Thingy's barbecue. <laughs> yeah. and like, those guys were paying mm-hmm. a fee more than five. I don't know how much, but like more than five, depending on how big popular station was. Right. Like if you was going on Cool FM, mm. that's like premium. It's like getting an advert Piccadilly in a Super Bowl. Circus. You're like, <laughs> Super Bowl halftime. Yeah. Mm. You get an advert when it's before Brocky and Depp. Yeah, it's mad. You've got to pay bucks for that. So yeah. the ad breaks and the subs, mm. was that was their yeah. money. And then some stations had events, their own raves, so they'd right, probably okay. make some money from that. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It weren't, no one was like, the owners of the stations weren't getting rich off. This that was, was my question. Nah, yeah. Was anyone caking off of the money they made nah, from nah, Pirate nah, Radio? Nah, really. nah. Nah. So a lot of that was for the love of mm-hmm. just doing it. Yeah. 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 You had to be passionate or else it'd be long. Mm. Like setting up a station, going to the rig man, getting all these things sorted out. Then two weeks later, DTI come, Department of Trading Industries or whatever they're called. Yeah. They'd come and just shut down the whole station, take your equipment, take the decks. If they catch DJs on in the studio, they'll smash up the records. And they know the name of your station as well. If we hear that this yeah. station's back, whatever it's called, they, and then when it's gone back on, okay, we're back, yeah, people. Yeah, it's like a big that celebration. DJI guy, you say, what, 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 what? I'm going to go check that It's like cat and mouse, like wow. literally. Yeah, so it's a bit middle fingers up sort of thing, man. And that's what I think's missing today. Today is more like everything's there. 
and you can just kind of put something in place mm. and just get all yeah. the... You don't have... You're not coming up with something mm. and going through the pain of yes, it to yeah. get to the other side. Yeah, yeah. it's just everything's a bit too more. easy. Yeah. yeah. My favourite thing when I was on radio was always the changeover. You get to know the DJ before you and the DJ after you really well because you yeah. see them every single week. Yeah. In radio, and there have been countless... Um, infamous sets where you hear beef and radio, or whatever. But was it always like that, or was it actually cool with everybody on the station? Because you were all cool, essentially not cool. in a bad way, but you were all breaking the law together, right? Yeah, so it's like, cool, <laughs> was that that sort of camaraderie between you all? Mostly, everyone was cool. Like yes. people would mix up, like say people who would be on before, like they might stay, stick around, and do a oh, bit on yeah. your set sometimes, yeah. or like mm. vice versa. Like mainly, people yeah. were cool. Like it wasn't. Yeah. If anything, it would be like. If you had not, I wouldn't call it beef, but like if there was competition, it would be with like another station. Maybe, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys from another place. Like, yeah. I've Imagine always, man yeah. running up on the next DJ like every week, then man. <laughs> I say, what, what, what? what? <laughs> get your half hour early before I shut, man. <laughs> I'm going to get there before he sit further. But yeah. like, nah, man, it's crazy. But it was really like that. Well, that's it, how it, Maxwell it a... D ended up like with us and doing pay, like it was led on to pay as you go because right. he was Nicky Slimting who does movies and that yeah. like, he was a DJ and Maxwell was his MC and they was on I think before us and then one week Maxwell stayed on after his set with okay. Nicky and just done some stuff with us and then yeah. that started becoming a regular thing and then a couple of years later pay as you go had started and like it just so made it sense was there. so that was made from like relationships that way yeah. But mainly everyone was cool. You, obviously, the mm. MCs would sometimes get, especially once Grime was in full flow. There was because like the culture of that is MCs clashing, like, yeah, clashing yeah. that. Yeah. But um, generally, like, everyone was like pretty, yeah, mm. cool with each well, other. Well, have you ever radio when um, DTI came? Did you ever have an experience where you had to get out of the station really quickly? No, but I was there when police came once. Why did the police come? Basically, Rince was in Wiley's house for a little while. That's very smart. No, like it got to the point where like we've used everywhere. It's been in all these different tower blocks. Yeah. Wiley lived in a tower block. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what conversation he had to agree that it was happening. This is his dad's place. Well, it's not like he ain't, he ain't got the authority. Yeah. yeah. But it's ended up in Wiley's for a few weeks. It's only meant to be there temporarily. A few weeks. Yeah. It was in there for. I remember. What and other DJs and people are coming. Yeah, everyone's to the coming house. up. The whole station's coming up. And to his house. Been, yeah. Wow. It was in Slimzy's mum's for a little while. That's crazy. Right. So, yeah. It was in, I've yeah, you just had to make bathrooms. it work. I've been in a few kitchens. Yeah. You say you've been in a few bathrooms? Yeah. Bathrooms, kitchens. Sometimes the decks would be on the sink where the plates are meant to be drying. There's decks. Literally, like taps. Wait, what? And decks. Yeah. Because that what, might what? have been the quietest. Oh. You know, like you had to keep everything. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'd go to a, you'd be in a place where you'd get there and there'd be signs all over the wall saying, do not put the volume past this thing really Fine. you want to have it as loud as possible yeah, sometimes yeah. you'd be somewhere where it was more bait or the neighbours were a bit onto it so yeah, yeah. you had to, to do sets and it was low and it was like oh, killing the wait so why did the police come to Wiley's oh, yeah, dad's yeah. house so <laughs> we've doing we're literally about to go on as well the ad break's actually playing yeah so we're next <laughs> yeah and I remember Bubbles who ended up being in Roll Deep later he was on we had all rented out these mopeds. There was a moped rental shop, which was a terrible idea on their part. It's not Ayanapa. This is yeah, mad. Yeah, but they tried to make Ayanapa and they was in Clapton, though. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you didn't have to... I think you didn't have showed, like... It was easy to get them, basically. Yeah, yeah, it weren't yeah. like today, where it's like a million things to mm. prove. All the kids was all renting out these mopeds. 
And obviously everyone was crashing them. The shop lasted literally like a month. I I'm think. not surprised. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Bubbles was on one of these mopeds. He got pulled over yeah. on the moped, but the moped was registered. Oh. The rental was out in Wiley's name. So they've come back to Wiley's house with Bubbles and the moped. They've got, I don't know how they brought the moped back, but they've come back about the moped, not about... Pirate Radio. Pirate Radio. So they've come in. We're just sitting there and suddenly, like, four or five police officers just walked in. And we're just, like... Like, <laughs> there's police in it. Like, <laughs> we're, on, we're literally going to go on air. But they've come. They're asking questions about the moped. Then one of them's having a look around. Like, he's spotting... There's like wires that are going up to the window mm. onto some metal things yeah. going out. You know, like stuff that don't look like your average yeah. hi-fi or whatever was going mm -hmm. on. And he's asking all these like questions like, what's that? What's that do? And we're like, no, we we put that there because the microphone, we're just making up lies basically yeah. to try and make it sound like we're just making tapes or whatever. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and luckily, none of them, like... Actually None clocked. of them actually clocked, yeah. They were more concerned with like... The moped. The moped thing. So they went through that process. That got sorted out. They ended up leaving, but they found... They looked in the electric cupboards. I don't mm. know what made them look in the electric cupboard, but another thing that people used to do, a lot of the pirate stations, they could get someone to come out and like rig the electric meter. Yeah. Because obviously electricity on all day, all night crazy, is expensive. Yeah. So they used to have a way of like basically like <laughs> bypassing it or something. Yeah. And the police clocked that. And Wiley's dad got in trouble and that was the electricity. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I think he had to pay for a fine or some, something. I can't believe they didn't give Wiley's dad an MBE. In it. He should have got one before <laughs> Wiley. For <laughs> <laughs> his services to music. <laughs> know, he definitely should have got one. Dude, did you ever go on radio outside, well, pirate radio outside of London? Or were you always going to yeah. pirate radio in London? I went to a station in Birmingham called Silk, Silk City. City. I oh, knew yeah? Say that. Yeah, I went on there. What was that like? Uh, was it similar to what you'd seen in London? Yeah, similar. It was similar. Yeah, it was... Um, big Mikey. Yeah, it was a Big Mikey. What made you go to Birmingham? Because I, I just wanted to be heard in Broome. Mm. And um, it seemed like a good uh, opportunity. Yeah, yeah. The station was kind of big over there. And... Um, yeah, I was already done a few sets with like Devil Man and yeah, and a few other Madman and um, a few other people. Was an MC called Madman? That's a sick name. <laughs> yeah, big up Madman. So it's funny because people now, when you go on tours and press tours mm. and things like that, you go on radio because it broadcasts everywhere. But pirate radio, by definition, only broadcasts to a certain place mm -hmm. so you have to do a tour of pirate radio yeah. like to be heard in birmingham yeah. you have to go to birmingham yeah, yeah. all the way there to be yeah. on a pirate radio station. but even then you're going to get a small radius of people right. even in london but you used to go like north east west south stations. yeah, yeah. there'd be yeah. stations that in south yeah you had to, if you wanted to be heard you had to go and actually have a yeah. set well, who were the big pirate djs so like, i'm thinking of like trevor nelson when did trevor nelson step into I know Trevor from like radio. MTV first. Like obviously yeah. he'd been doing his thing before that, but yeah. I came across him like on the Lick show and yeah, yeah. Kind of, I too. think he was even on. Was he on radio? He might have even been on Radio One by the time I knew about oh, Trevor. Maybe actually. But I know he did his thing like Pirates. Then he was Kiss. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And that's was, it. That's what I was thinking of. He was called the Mad Hatter. He had dreads and all that. Like this is <laughs> a Trevor before I know. Bald yes, Trevor, Trevor Nelson you know, had Trevor. dreads. Yeah. Yes, that is very true. Mm -hmm. And um. So who else was up there? So it was Trevor Nelson. I'm thinking EZ. EZ, I knew not from Pirate Radio, but from going to Gary Draves. Okay. But I don't even know if he had a set on a Pirate 
Station. I think he did. He probably would have had. No, yeah. yeah, he was remember, definitely on radio yeah. regular. I remember yeah. going Coliseum. Before before he went on to, what was it, Kiss? Kiss, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before Kiss, he definitely was on radio regular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were there any DJs, obviously, Target, you are a DJ. So. Yeah. <laughs> Were there any DJs outside of yourself that you were listening to that weren't necessarily part of your crews? Like, who were yeah, some of the, quite the big a lot. DJs? Especially when I was first got into, like, Jungle, which is, like, that was my entry into yeah. being a DJ. Yeah. All of Cool FM, all of them, like, I see them guys now every and they must one. be sick of it because every time I see them, I'm like, bro, you don't even understand. Da, da, da. And they're like, yeah, I've told us this 10 times. <laughs> like, all of them DJs. Yeah, like, yeah DJ they're all Brocky hard, man. Depp. Funky Flair. Yeah. R.I.P. Skibby. I know he's not a DJ, but like that era of yeah. mm. that that whole movement, they was like a big influence to all of us. Right. Um, and then moving forward a bit, and everyone was talking about this guy, EZ, DJ EZ, DJ EZ. And I was like, let's go and see what this guy is. And I heard EZ play. Yeah. And I said, I'm going tomorrow to get Garage Records. <laughs> like, I'm, but I need to be back involved. That's like, amazing. he was so sick. I was just following everything he did after that. Yeah. But there was loads. Like, that's all you would ever really listen to. Like, my radio never went to commercial stations. Yeah. I might touch Choice FM for a little bit of R&B. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Dream Team had a show on Radio 1 like, on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I might listen to that. But then, even then, that felt a bit commercial. Right. To what we was trying to do. Yeah. You just soaked it up. You literally lived it. Like, every spare hour, I was like, I need to tune into this set or record that one or mm. listen to a tape pack of a rave or when you weren't doing it yourself, it was like, it took Just over. to lock into radio on a random one, you just you just thought there's going to be someone. Yeah. So my big question, I have to ask, mm-hmm. where were all the women because I think every time we hear these stories, there are so many men. Yeah. You're like, were there any women actually yeah, taking man, part was, in yeah, Pirate yeah, Radio, in MC, and in, in the crews, in like DJ? Yeah, yeah. I remember like um, Lady ST, she was an yes. MC. Yeah. Um, Lady Dyer. It's like, you know, it's funny. All the, all the MCs ladies. had to start with Lady, lady. something. <laughs> <laughs> like, all the female MCs had like Lady at the start. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Lady this or Lady that. Yeah. Um, but it was like, it was more guys, but. I remember them two, they used to like, they'd jump on a set with like 15 men and mm. just shell it as well. Like. Mm-hmm. And there was other, each station might have had like one or two, more, like probably more female DJs. Yeah, there's more DJs. I think. Okay. There was, there was definitely females about, yeah. like, just, it was like, man, very man me, but mm. like, you had certain females that weren't intimidated or. That was one of the things off. that happened to me as well. When I was on Rinse, that was a big question I used to get asked all the time is, you know, you're one of the few... I remember when I was on Rinse, Flight was on... Uh, like, outside of the presenter space, I think Flight was the main DJ that I know that was on there, that was a woman. And it was never weird. Yeah. And I grew up with three brothers, so my experience is always different anyway. But I never had a thing where I, was, where I felt like there was loads of men here and there's these women in the corner. It never, no. ever felt like that, on my experience in Pirate Radio anyway. Mm-hmm. In that women were just, we were just always, it was just a mix. Yeah. There was no question about it. Whether you're in a rave and you're standing at the front with gun fingers or you're on radio, mm-hmm. someone's emceeing and there's another woman emceeing there, it didn't have that kind of segregation in my age. It sounds I like think, it no, wasn't the I same think, for you guys either. That, that, yeah, it wasn't like, there was more guys, but whenever there was females getting involved, like they were just part of the, like, yeah. they were hard, looked yeah. at as like, oh, these lot, go, mm. give them a go. Like, it wasn't like that. <laughs> It was like, they, they was in hard. and like yeah. levels with the guys. There was yeah. just less of them that was involved in it. But yeah, it, it always felt, even at the raves as well, it felt, everyone was felt like they was on the 
similar playing field. Like when Miss Dynamite come through. I was literally like, just going to mention that, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's other examples Stush. of like, yeah, Stush and Nole was early on. Yeah. Like, they used to just come and like, People they were just taken seriously, cool. like, and part of the gang or part of the set or part yeah. of the, like, whatever was going on. Come and I run track like boat from I don't know what you've been told. Bare peas on the gas, you've never been told. Dirt. No will I land down my can do dirt Mike can't chat to me about dirt Rap will up make his man them blur Whether it was Wiley and Dizzy, DWE Kano, or my big brothers Jeremy and Skepta, many of the UK's brightest stars made a name for themselves in the heated, ultra-competitive atmosphere of pirate radio in the noughties. Can we talk now about grime music? Our love, my first love. Um, so we've spoken about jungle, garage. Everybody sort of, well, mostly, everybody knows that evolution of how that music came, but grime specifically in pirate radio, would you say that was the first place that people were able to experience that genre of music? Or were there grime parties before radio definitely radio yeah yeah mm-hmm. there was parties happening alongside but the radio was the fuel for like everything okay. else like that's mm-hmm. where you'd hear your favorite mc like, a good example of it bit after like the t- well, as the transition was kind of happening dizzy done a set with slimzy mm. dizzy was just like in our ends like no one knew him yet but people in the ends knew that this kid he's cold the name was like spreading a little bit around, but then Dizzy went and done a set on Slimzy Sunday show, which was like one of the main shows, and that got recorded by people and then sent. People used to record sets and send them to their cousin in Birmingham yeah. Yeah. or Manchester or whatever. And I remember mm-hmm. that set literally like almost Everywhere. blew Dizzy up overnight. Wow. Because it was the power of like pirate radio. Like even though you, you didn't transmit very far and wide, like the recordings would get shared right. and spread. And before you knew it, people from all over the country would come into Sidewinder because it was Dizzy's first kind of big okay. event. And mm-hmm. from there, things just went mad. Who's, who, not owned Sidewinder, but whose event was Sidewinder? Um, Mark Lambert. Yeah, there's a few of them involved. But, so um, they just had a party called Sidewinder? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That just happened to be DJs, not just from Rinse, I'm assuming, no, Deja, they, from all, they, all over. They were based outside London yeah, and the party was in Milton North. Keynes yeah. originally. So ah. They're based was, in Northampton. Yeah, North, yeah, they're based in Northampton. So I think they did Northampton first mm. and then it got bigger and bigger and then they got Sanctuary in Milton Keynes, which was like 5,000 capacity. Yeah. Like a big warehouse. Wait, so who was going to the parties in Northampton though? Mainly then it was more people like from yeah, there and them. Midlands. So it wasn't even Londoners travelling to Northampton? Yet, not yet. Not okay. yet. But then yeah. as they moved to Sanctuary and then they'd start booking like Pay As You Go or okay. Heartless or So Solid probably done it. Yeah. Like, would have been like mm. as you was bringing in more of the Londoners like the crowd that was following all of us they would yeah. start flocking to site and then right. you'd already have Manchester Bristol Birmingham so you'd yeah. go to Sidewinder and leave there with like bare new fans or mm. like you'd interact with all these people from that's the first that's place that we went where I heard all these different accents yeah, yeah, yeah obviously you knew they existed but like hearing like black boys with Manchester accents yeah, like yeah. it was like new or like with a Bristol accent or <laughs> yeah. girls like and that was like one of the main early like hubs mm. but then they'd be booking people 
off the back of again like pirate radio and mm. how you'd built your buzz doing that mm -hmm. but that was a big hub d yeah. was there a moment where you actually became and i know your answer to this but i'm asking it anyway that you became a grime mc was there a moment for all mcs where that became a thing that you did or was it not as sort of cut and dry as that because obviously you said you came up no, on jungle it's, it's, it's not cut and dry i think everyone Else is cut and try. Okay. For me, I'm, I'm everything. Mm -hmm. But when I look back and I look through some of my best moments for exposure, which is where these radio stations, yeah. these elements come, but there was so much going on before mm. that moment for me to, to build me as me. I get you. And so I'm built from so much more. Yes. So that's not what built me. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I was already built mm -hmm. and I walked in there. Yeah. There was a point where people used to say, Giggs is grime. Like, Giggs, yeah, the grime. Like, grime is taking off. Grime. And for me, he's he's like, he's everything, but he's hip-hop for me. Yeah. There yeah. was like a he, time when they Even though he probably started grime on grime, yeah. but but... What the people should know is like his where he's taken off in it, you know them ones. Mm. I think it's also very important that you're saying that this conversation, as people are listening as well, I'm sure before you've even said it, they've understood where you've actually come from, where your roots are, mm -hmm. and the fact that you were in jungle raves and you mm -hmm. were a fan of music, rapping at the time, mm -hmm. and then you started making music and then you were the person on stage at the raves until now. So you've been fortunate enough to actually see multiple genres of music. Yeah. I would. I don't even have to say come and go because they none of them have gone, but you've, mm -hmm. you've seen them come through. What were some of those memorable moments for you? Whether it be a show, traveling, you know, your first time even traveling abroad. Um, my first ever performance outside London, yeah, yeah, was Ipswich. Yeah. Before I went to Ipswich, I'd never ever met anyone out of London mm. that can say they know me. Right. So I'd gone to Ipswich with Matt Ten, Sharky, Armour. We went down there as Nasty Crew. And I remember we went in the rave. And um, we'd done our set and it was just, he was just popping off. Everyone was singing. And I was like, oh, they know the lyrics. These <laughs> lot know the lyrics. And I was like, oh. Because what you guys were doing yeah. was revolutionary. No one had done it before. Um, yeah, big question right. for you, Target. Do you think grime could have happened without pirate radio? Oh, no, I don't think so. I not think, at all. Well, not that it couldn't have happened, but... If you take Pirate Radio out of the way, yeah. to even get to Grime, like it took us listening to Jungle on Pirate Radio, mm -hmm. to then listening to Garage on Pirate Radio, to then be inspired to want to be on Pirate Radio ourselves. And once being on Pirate Radio ourselves, thinking, hang on, we've got a platform, we can like develop this music and turn it into something where we're talking about our lives. Like without all of that, you would have just been stuck at watching Top of the Pops or turning on Radio 1 and hearing whatever was happening on there. Like yeah. I, I can't see how you would have had the like the inspiration to right. do it. Like right. if, if, if there was some way that you would have come up with making grime, because grime music was like music for the young people who didn't have a platform or a voice mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. had something to say but had nowhere else to say it but right. on Pirate Radio. Right. 
So if you take Pirate Radio away, then I can't see how... It begins. Yeah, I think it would have still happened, man. I think somehow what what the radio has done is it's made us more professional, more... Um, it's helped us to line up. It's, we want it, they want it. It's like it's... Added a stronger connection between yeah, the two. Yeah, I think it's just... It, it, it both together just worked. Right. But I do believe that Without that, this would still be happening somehow. Maybe just at a and slower And the UK pace. would be at a spot now, no matter what. Mm. What do you think oh, digital just... radio did then? What do you think the birth of us being able to DAB radio, all these different things, you know, pirate radio is no longer the place that everybody's going to. Yeah. Do you think that changed where, you know, things like drill music is now or things like that? Do you think that made a difference to what we all loved, which was pirate radio? I think that... Bearing I, in mind that you're on a digital fitness station. Yeah, yeah. But I think <laughs> because now there is so many avenues, platforms, ways to listen to music mm. and listen... like That's why Pirate Radio isn't as popular because it mm. was literally like... It was needed. Like, right. you, without it... Yeah, 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 yeah. Where are you hearing this? Yeah, yeah. Like, you might have heard a rumour about a guy or you might have been able to go and see someone live, but it would have been at such a slow pace, whereas you had all these stations... Mm that was just giving you this stuff, whether it was Bashment Station, a Soka Station, yeah. Grime, Garage, whatever. I think if you, as we progressed and things started to become more accessible, the need for Pirate Radio got less because now we have got the internet. We do right. have YouTube. We yeah. had a Channel U. We had a this, then a One Extra opens is national radio mm. legally. Like, mm -hmm. it, so you don't need, you ain't got to go to Pirate Radio to hear to what you need. this stuff. Like there is, it's still there and it's still bubbling. I was bubbling, just going to say, yeah. It's so still, it, I think what it does as well now is like, it's much more, it will never be, like you can't take away that community feel of Pirate Radio. Yes. Like I think that's mm -hmm. always, it was always there, but I think that's the one thing that will stay. But I think the, the need to like have to listen to Pirate Radio to yeah. hear certain things is not really there now. I think we can, can bring it back. We need let to, them hear certain things. <laughs> <laughs> to start it's next thing, yeah. It was a different vibe. Yeah. I was, was going to say, like, at the moment now, in my mm -hmm. car, I've got the official FM radio stations, yeah. mm -hmm. but there's still some pirate stations that I have to keep on because, like you just said, community. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. knowing that you're listening to the same thing that people around you are listening to. It's like when... I don't want to use this as an example. I'm so angry with myself. But when Love Island comes on, yeah, mm -hmm. and everybody's talking about it, tweeting yeah. about it, it's that same. That's what pirate radio is. Mm -hmm. It's knowing that people within a certain area are all tuned into the same thing. Yeah. So I wonder how, if that is the role that it plays and will always play, how do we ever see a time where it is a prominent source of radio that people want to listen to? Can Pirate Radio ever be the thing that people say, oh, yeah, there's this and this and this, but I have to still listen to this Pirate Radio station? Yeah, I think what you said about, like, I can imagine, like, because now I'm seeing it as if we knew that gigs, Blade Brown, mm. Stormzy, yep, 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 yep. all these men are going on radio at yep. seven. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, yeah. mate. If you if they're going on YouTube, like wherever find, they're yeah, going, yeah, that's yeah. a big thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's true. But this is what I'm saying sense, like, because like, if you want to hear gigs now, mm. 
you can A, pick up your phone and yeah, listen to his whole yeah, catalogue, yeah. or you can go on YouTube, yeah. or you can go on Thingy, or you can watch him on an interview, mm-hmm. or you can go to a thing, or he's at a festival, or like. Or he's on so many, radio yeah. talking some next Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, only thing that all of those mediums lack, though, is that live element of just. He is there right now. He's there right this second now. There's something about live. And you're on radio, you know, and you've been on radio many, many years. You know that feeling of. It's happening now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to, there's no tape. You don't want to wait until yeah. it goes on demand. Like you yeah. want to go and listen right this second. Yeah, I think that you can't never take that away. Yeah. I will say though, I wish everybody had the skill though. Even though I know pirate radio isn't something that people have to do. I wish everybody had the skill of being able to host a two hour show on pirate radio. Because I think something comes with that that you mm. can't get anywhere else. Definitely. Um, and that I think has really there are certain people that have been on pirate radio that have a skill set now that is they've mastered it Millions because of how much time they put into that. Yeah. And I think a lot of artists these days would really benefit from having the skill of you've got two hours entertain yeah. people. And not only that, it was yeah. like it was like training camp. Mm, exactly. Like you had to prove exactly. You couldn't just make a song that was a banger and then yeah. upload it tomorrow and yeah. by summer you're at wireless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you had to, murking. yeah, you had to go Physically. and be murking every yeah. week against other guys who were murking. Yeah. And you had to stand out. You had to develop that yeah. tough, it's like a toughness. Mm-hmm. Plus, this is in a cracker's house yeah. or it's in someone's kitchen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you're already doing stuff yeah. that's your, your spent, life's on the line yeah, at this point. Like you better, doing, yeah, deliver. Yeah. Otherwise, this the was a waste of time. To even be doing that, yeah. you're just prepared. Mm-hmm. Like, you're self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Like, now it's like, like I said, I can make a song tomorrow. Yeah. Or some you can make a song tomorrow, upload it to GRM, the views start flying. Mad, next, you know, then, he's got a record deal. Yeah. He's at a festival. He gets to the festival and he's no, never performed. No mm-hmm. skill sets. Whereas, like, especially from like our generation of MCs and DJs, by the time you got to anywhere... Good. You've been, you've been emceeing through the headphones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've had the mic. I've had the mic as headphones. Yeah, 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 yeah. My headphones are broke, and you've yeah. got a, like decks of mashed up mm-hmm. equipment. Like all of that stuff is like it's building you up into being able to handle it. Absolutely. But Absolutely. After, yeah, that there was like a special camp you could send them off to, like a pirate radio we'll camp. Make it. We're gonna we make it. There make, you go. We'd make the hardest. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, your pirate radio training camp is gonna be amazing. Um, you guys have definitely provided us with a beautiful scope of education around pirate radio, and it's been a pleasure to speak to you both. Thank, for Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Well, that's it for this episode. What a journey we have been on in Sounds of Black Britain, talking about black British musical and cultural history with some of the biggest names in the game. Next time, we'll be looking at the influence of soul, funk and jazz on British music and culture. Join me then as we delve into the sounds of the Black Atlantic. The Sounds of Black Britain podcast is brought to you by The Black Curriculum and produced by Unedited. Presented by me, Julie Adenuga. Our executive producer is Andrew Spence. The series producer is Sifa Inchi. Our assistant producers are Akeem Moore-Nickel and Bookie Fadipe. This episode was filmed by JJ Jemio. The series is written by Drew Christie. Our sound designer is Tony Onuchuku. <laughs> <laughs>